What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 275, coming up on 300. Sean and I jumped right in. We talked NFL. It was championship weekend. Following that, we went all around the NBA, and then after that, we talked a little bit of golf. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. We should be back next week with at least one, if not maybe two, podcasts. Enjoy the pod, guys. Talk to you, my friend. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Yeah, we had to make our statements, but uh, work got in the way for me this week. So one of these uh, podcast networks or whatever, if you want to pay me to do it, I'll never be late. Oh, listen, I, I we, we will throw that out there shamelessly every single time. You know, we, we have a commitment to our audience, but we're not getting paid for this just yet. So listen, no, doubt. Sometimes we're no doubt about it. And, and if anybody wants us to do a golf only podcast, you know, we're we're down for that, too. I don't want you pigeonholing us, though. I don't want I don't want this to become one of these things. As much as I have committed, and I've really listen. If somebody's willing to throw me six figures a year to do golf only, Sean, you know we're gonna take that. Okay, fine, sure. As long as that's the starting price, I'm ready to go for that. But until then, we got to be still known as that. No, I wouldn't. Here. I wouldn't do it for free, not at all. Um, so, with that being said, since we do talk about pretty much. Most major sports. Let's talk the major sport, football. Championship weekend is in the past, my friend. Um, I never wavered on my on my Super Bowl pick out of the AFC. And I never wavered on my Super Bowl pick out of the NFC since, oh, I don't know, before the playoffs started. <laughs> I know. Listen, I, I, I wavered every which way between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And uh, for a while there, I thought I was going to be all right with the Bengals. I guess we'll start in the AFC there, Tom, because that was by far the most We're riveting. Spend more time on that, for sure. Entertaining game. But, dude, I mean, seriously, where do you want to begin? Do we begin with the end, with the penalty? Do we talk about the refs? Do we talk about Burrow and Mahomes? I'll let you decide where you want to kick this off here. It was um, it was an entertaining game, but it was definitely a sloppy game uh, in all three facets: on the Chiefs side, on the Bengals side, and on the referee side. All for different reasons. Um, the referees sucked. I mean, there, there's a there, I I feel like there was at least one, if not two or three things that I never had seen before happen. Uh, the glaring one didn't really cost them anything because the Chiefs ended up punting anyways, but the the um, call where they blew it dead and the whole play went on and it, it it was absurd that shit has literally never happened in the game I've watched and I've watched a lot of games it, it's I understand if you see like the overhead angle like the ref was clearly out on the field trying to blow the play dead before it started but once it happens and you've got the momentum if you're Cincinnati to be like holy shit we stopped them like they're gonna punt only to say nope you got to stop Mahomes again 
I mean, that is a fucking kick to the balls. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, they lucked out with that one. It, it didn't. It didn't really matter. People are still talking about it just because, as a whole, this this game was terribly refed. So they can use that as as an example. But it didn't matter that actual solo singular play. Um, but I mean, for me, the the thing that kind of stands out to me in this entire game, if you take the refs and you just stick them to the side and you talk about the actual game being played. That the, that offensive line problem for Cincinnati reared its ugly head. We had a we knew it was going to happen at some point. It hadn't happened leading up. Um, Burrow sacked what four times? Yep, and in, in a costly manner as well. Well, you know the Buffalo front is just nothing close to the Kansas City front, Especially and that with was Vaughn evident. Out. Yeah, that was evident very early in this game, and and you're right. I mean, I. I said that when we were talking about this game last week, you know, was did they maybe find something or some of these guys actually capable of stringing together a couple of good games or is there, are they backups for a reason? And we saw that they're backups for a reason. I mean, I wish we could see Burrow with just plenty of time because my God, he's a surgeon, but he was rushed so often that even though he played, in my opinion, a very good game, they never ran the ball. They, that was pretty much not a threat. And then a lot of the a lot of the reads and progressions he's so good at doing, he never really had the ability to do in this game. Yeah, no. And then from a Chiefs perspective, I just thought the Bengals defense just there was there was opportunities to be had on this Chiefs team against them, and I, I think that they should have held them under seventeen points. You got to compromise Mahomes, and it was glaring. I mean, Tony Romo, say what you want about him, I think he's he was he was everybody's apple of everybody's eye when he first started, and now people make fun of all his sticks and whatever. But he did do a really good job of pointing out throws that. Um, Really, the ankle, it affected Mahomes' throws, whether he overthrew a guy or just couldn't drive the ball through because of that push leg and whatnot. And I just think that they this defense should have held them. Between that and losing seemingly every wide receiver that they had outside of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, yeah. um, I, I think that this team should have held them under 17 points. It, it was shame, honestly shame on the defense. It's hard for me to criticize a defense that only gave up 23 points and the last of it being a game-winning field goal. But I hear where you're coming from, from the overarching perspective, right? It's, you know, why don't you take more shots at Mahomes? But their game plan, I thought, was really good. I mean, even though they lost Tony and they lost um, a couple of their other weapons, as you mentioned, you know, Tom, they were that was a really, really well-run offense. The ball was out of Mahomes' hands so fast. And that connection to Kelsey seemed like every time that he needed just that last extra split second to make a play, Kelsey found that, you know, soft part of the defense as he always does. Yeah, and you know what? Valdez Scantling, I mean, they went out there and they got him to be this guy. You know he's not consistent, but he can go off due to his athleticism in a few games. And his glaring problem was the drops, and he caught everything thrown at him. And that touchdown he threw, Mahomes threw to him, was an absolute dime. Um, oh, yeah. And, and this just adds to Mahomes' legacy, and this is why I think he's the best, and this is why I picked them to win the Super Bowl, toot my own horn here, at the beginning of the year, and I stuck with the pick the whole year in Mahomes, I trust. Um, he made the plays that mattered, especially the final play. Uh, I know we're going to talk about that penalty, but keep in mind, he did have the wheels when it was needed to go and get that first down. Regardless, 
I mean, obviously the penalty set them up for the game-winning field goal, but he did go and get that first down even without the penalty. No, he did. And, you know, you saw earlier in the game, I can't remember exactly when it was. It was either in the second or third quarter when he had that rollout um, to the opposite sideline. And he came up and he was hobbling and walking around Mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, But he was able to, yeah, he probably said to himself, I've got one good run in me and I'm not going to use it unless I absolutely have to. And he absolutely had to at the time in which he used it. It was just, that's great quarterbacking. And when I watch Mahomes, man, the progression of him as a player, I know, you know, he wins MVP. He wins the Super Bowl in his second year starting, goes to the Super Bowl his third. I mean, you don't usually look at guys like that and say they need to keep progressing, but his ability to get rid of the ball sometimes so much faster than he used to. I know yeah. he still has the propensity for a bad interception here and there, but you know he really is willing to to punt on a couple of plays to know that he's locked and loaded and moving on to the next play. He's a lot more cerebral than he used to be, and he picks his spots with his athleticism much more than he used to as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you saw the offense this year throughout the entire season was completely changed because that that chess piece that you have of the deep ball threat of, of Tyreek Hill, one of the greatest deep ball threats of all time, is gone. And... Mahomes, I feel like two or three years ago, maybe the Chiefs suffer. Maybe they sneak in and get a wild card. But like you said, he's so much more cerebral right now, and he's just so much better of a quarterback and not just a raw talent thrower that he was able to manage this offense to the point where I think it's better and they're more sustainable. Oh, I agree with you because you also see how he audibles at the line of scrimmage. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's he knows exactly what the defense is trying to do to and him. You heard, and what I think, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... I just want to say this. So you heard early on when he first got drafted that he couldn't even identify the Mike linebacker, and look at him now. Yeah. No, I know. It really is amazing, isn't it? I think that's one of like the best things when we talk about players. And I don't want to like absolutely kill anybody, but you know, the Kyler Murray having written into his extension clause that he needs, you know, the time to study, or you you see Zach Wilson, who clearly doesn't know what's happening in the game. You look at a guy who had so much early success and has the raw talent that can kind of make up for some of his lack of quarterback progression or, you know, really dissecting a defense. And he just has this absolute thirst to get better and better and better. And I think we really are watching one of the all-time greats. We'll talk about an all-time great retiring, but seriously, man, why don't we head into that last play now? So he does use, he does make the decision. This is when I'm going to roll out. I got to ask you the obvious question. Was that a penalty and should it have been called at that moment? Um, no, I don't, I don't think it was. I, it was very ticky tack. Mahomes did an awesome job. He must've watched, uh, some NBA an ABA game the day before on how to flop. Uh, he knew <laughs> it was going to come in handy at some point. Good job by him to get the ref to, you know, basically win the game for them. I, I don't think it was a penalty, but also on the other side of the ball, when he's, if it's borderline and you know, he's going out of bounds, I, I feel like as a defensive player and a defensive player that good, cause his name's always getting called when it comes to making tackles. What's his name? Is it uh, starts with an a, um, I, his name deceives me, but he's always making really good plays. You just got to know you got to lay up there. You you got to you got to put the brakes on. You can't do anything extracurricular because at Arrowhead in that environment on the chief sideline, you know, no matter what, that's going to get called. Yes, uh, obviously, I don't remember the the gentleman's name, uh, or else I would have came in there and helped you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was but- looking for a lifeline there. 
Yeah, I know you were. Well, you usually I, I, save I, me. I, I try to, um, but that time I had nothing for you, so we both drowned. But, That's okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I think it was the penalty. I think it was a penalty. Mm. I think that call gets gets made much more often than not. But where I will agree with you is from the standpoint of, you know, you put the ref in the position to make that call. Mm -hmm. And we see that time and time again in in the NBA, in the NFL, sometimes even in baseball with umpires. You know, you're putting guys in position to make calls. You know they're going to make that call. They've been calling shit for the Chiefs all day. And you know if they didn't make that call, the whole stadium would have been on them. That would have been right up there with the non-PI call in the Rams-Saints game a couple years ago. That's exactly what it would have been because – you know, here you have the, a franchise and shit. I mean, one of the top two or three faces of the NFL and Mahomes going down. You know, he was touched late. I mean, we. I think. I think the guy was trying to evade him and kind of trying to maybe like brace himself for contact. You saw him grab for his knee after. I was afraid. I was like, oh shit, you just made this awful penalty, and do you just tear your ACL on top of it? But he put himself in position for that call to be made. And, and I, I am right there with you and anybody who feels differently, the chiefs got so, so many benefits of the whistle from this refereeing crew. That was an abysmal, abysmal refereeing crew. Why in God's name, Tom, do they have to throw together all these different refs? I know they go with the highest graded at each position for these games, but there's no continuity with these teams. These guys don't work together throughout the year. So, I mean, there, there lends itself for a lot of miscommunication and you see what happened on that third down. But, I mean, Tom, I can't tell you how many times watching that game, it had to have been at least three or four, where Joe Burrow was hit late mm-hmm. after he threw the ball or was thrown to the ground or there was excessive hit. And not cold. It's like, oh, sorry, buddy, just, just get up. And then, you know, if Mahomes has touched even a little bit, it's like, no, nope, well, that's 15 yards. I, it was awful. It was an absolute disgrace. And I'm tired of these games being decided. I will say that the refs made the right call on on that one, and and it should have been called even though it was really ticky-tack. But the rest of the game was really a travesty. I agree with you. It might be, honestly, though, it might be a losing situation either way because let's say you do stick a team in there that's been there the whole time and they make some bad calls. Then you could say, oh, well, this guy was one of the worst-ranked refs or whatever. They should have had all the superstars in there. So. That's my thing is it's not a perfect science. These are human beings doing it, and and it was abysmal, and they got to be better than that. But I think if something happened to this game and it was just the normal team, we would be screaming that you got to have you know the best refs at each position in That's there. That's fair. I'll so, give you that. You know, and, and, and I'm not going to defend the refs, but I do think it's a tough position to be in. You're in a hostile environment. Everything's fucking loud. I mean – Example, when he blew, tried to blow that play dead, do you think anybody could hear that whistle out there? That's no. probably why the play got off. That's 100% why the play got off. No, he, that's one of the most deafening, loud stadiums in the NFL. It's not close. I guess you could argue that if it was a team of refs that have some continuity together, that maybe another ref on the other side would have noticed it and all, all, you know, all the judges and whatever would have been able to try and blow the play dead and get somebody's attention. But that's just, we're arguing semantics at that point and right. it's really not worth it. I think that those refs are, these refs are in a really tough position either way, because if anything goes wrong, they're going to get blamed. And, there was a few bad calls out there, but nothing like completely, I think, egregious outside of that blow the play dead bullshit. You, you should have just kept it playing. 
Yeah, and, and to further that point, to play devil's advocate is, let's say they don't make that rough, that late hit out of bounds call, right? Then everybody will say, well, that's a makeup call for all the questionable calls that they didn't call on Cincinnati throughout the game. So, yeah, I think really, if you want to play it from either side of the aisle, can blame the refs regardless of the score or who wins or what happens. There's so many plays in the game where they have to make a decision right there on the spot to blow the whistle or not. But I don't know. I, I do think that some of these refs are, we talk about it in baseball all the time. They believe that people are there to watch them. In reality, it's like the best refs I know, my favorite umpires are the ones who you kind of don't really know their names because they're just going to be good. It's yeah. not about them. I agree with you, but, my point to that is to Cincinnati fans, you guys should have had a better offensive line. Joe Burrow shouldn't have got sacked four times. Yep, and you lost two of them at the worst time of the year. And again, you hung right there with Cincinnati, man, or uh, with Kansas City, rather. I mean, this this rivalry, I think we can call it a rivalry. It's There's animosity between the two sides. You've got politicians going, you know, yeah, that was stupid. comments. What an idiot the mayor of Cincinnati is. You got Kelsey saying Burrow had my ass after the game and calling the the uh, calling the governor of Cincinnati an idiot or mayor of Cincinnati an idiot. It's just like I think it's so funny that these rivalries that can really come out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. two years ago, Cincinnati's an awful team. All they've been known for is mediocrity in their history. I think that this team is very set up for a long time to go toe to toe. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget Buffalo's involved there and a lot of up-and-coming teams as well. No doubt about it. And the only statement I'll say is the only way Joe Burrow doesn't win a Super Bowl is because of Cincinnati, because they're cheap and because mm-hmm. they have a three-man scouting department. Joe Burrow will win a Super Bowl someday. Oh, yeah. He's got everything. He's got absolutely everything. He's a man. I love him. He's one of my favorite players. Patrick Mahomes is just a smidgy better. But you know what? He There'll is. be years where Joe Burrow's got a better team and they're right there. Last year. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, all right, let's talk about the other game. There's, it, it's, it's tough to take anything away. I couldn't really tell you how good the Eagles are because they were playing against uh, who? Josh Johnson as their quarterback, and the and and the Niners are warming up. Use check, and you got to feel for Shanahan just because it feels like he's on the cusp all the time. And then something stupid happens. Um, I know you can blame him. He can blame himself for the Atlanta. Uh, Falcons meltdown Super Bowl, but aside from that, it seems like he's always right there. And then somebody throws a banana peel out, and the team slips up. Um, in my opinion, Eagles look great. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good. Um, Lane Johnson looked good. Their defense obviously was amazing. They're getting pressure like there's no tomorrow. Um, and then for the Niners, it's just w- what the hell can you do? Seriously, yeah. you got your fullback. Seriously, considered being put in a quarterback in a championship game. Tom, they're down to their third-string quarterback already who nobody knew who he was two months ago. Yeah, and then, and then he wins, what was it, seven consecutive games, eight consecutive games, and, you know, he gets hurt. Hassan Reddick is just absolutely blowing up his offense, the offensive lineman going against him. He had no, dude had no chance. And you're like, all right, maybe they can find a way to keep this close. When McCaffrey broke that touchdown run, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. It's mm-hmm. 7-7. Maybe we're working at a barn burner here. But Philly's too good. And I think the morale of that San Francisco team, as good as their defense is, it has to go down watching Josh Johnson try to play quarterback, who I, I have no disrespect towards Josh Johnson. But the only reason he's on the team is because they needed another active quarterback. Yep. And he got hurt, too. 
yeah, concussed. Yeah, man, it, it was a tough game. But what I take away is that I, I think – I feel like this Eagles team has been – and I know you hate them. I feel like they've been slightly underrated and they're going to play the disrespect card. Um, but Mahomes – I mean, I'm not going to give away my pick, but I will say this. Mahomes with two more weeks to heal up after what he did in this past game on a high ankle sprain with less than a week. You, you know who I'm picking. I mean, come on. I picked him at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you you don't need to bury the lead here because you are picked them all year long. So everybody knows you're sticking with them. It'd be the most gutless pick in the world if you decided <laughs> to go with Philly. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um but, yeah, there's not much to take away from that game. Congrats no. to the Eagles. Um, I know you're going to be the biggest Chiefs fan that doesn't live in uh, Kansas City out there. Oh, my God. Get me a, get me a Kelsey or Mahomes jersey tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's it absolutely sucked for me, obviously. And I think it sucked for fans. You know, this was heralded even with Brock Purdy to be a really good competitive game. And I think the reason Philly was still getting some disrespect was because of how they closed out the year, Tom. It wasn't good. I mean, I know that they killed the Giants, and I we have such revisionist history. I know we used that as a segment for a couple of weeks there, and it's like, oh, you know, the Giants could go in there and win after what they did to the Vikings. It's like, no, they couldn't. And now everybody's talking about, oh, well, the Eagles, did they really matter? They only beat the Giants. Giants suck. They shouldn't have been there. It's like, no, maybe the reason that the Eagles won that game so easily is because the Eagles are really fucking good, and they were finally healthy enough for the first time in a really long time. So it's weird. Some, it depends where you peak, right? The Eagles, it felt like peaked at like the end of November. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously now it's like they're right back there and one game away from completing a super dominant season. Because yeah, when they that's... were at their best, I feel like they were at their version of their best was better than Kansas City's this year. I agree. But I, I, I would argue, and I think you might agree with me, I don't even think the Chiefs have played their best game of the season yet. I mean, I don't know if there is another level for their best game of the season. There's just been so many times where it's like they can't even cover the spread, and it's like I think if they put it all together, they they should be able to dominate the Eagles. But we have a whole almost week to talk about it, more than a week. We almost have two weeks to talk about it. We are going to break that down to the T. Talk about the props, everything next week. Um, let's move on to some league notes, though, if you're ready. Oh, we're ready. We got a lot of them. All right. You wrote here, Tom Brady retires, parentheses, for good. What makes <laughs> is that? I, I saw that he retired. I'm, I'm obviously aware of that. What was the statement that makes you think it's for good? Was it like he said that or what? Because he said it. Hmm. Yeah, this time he didn't do an essay. He did like a video from a beach, which looked quite nice, by the way. It's like, man, if I want to, if anybody cared about my retirement, that's where I would do it from. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like a. 30 second long one. And he said, I used my retirement essay last year. So he seemed very aware of last year. So that's why I wrote parentheses for good. I, you can't do this twice. I think he's done. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, San Francisco, it looks like they have Purdy, um, or they're going to weigh the, the, um, what's his face? The other Trey Lance thing. I don't know. It looks like they, they have a few options at quarterback, uh, Miami Tua was announced he's back. You and I feel the way we feel about it, but he got cleared by a doctor apparently that has a license and all that shit. I don't know. I personally, I would I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and, and those seem like the only two options. Um, 
I mean, the people were shouting out the Jets and all this stuff, but I think that was a pipe dream. Vegas. Going back to New England, I, I, I don't think he wants to deal with Vegas. I don't think they're a talented enough team. And I think he wants to be closer to his kids on the East Coast. Um, and, and it brings up a lot of questions. I mean, listen, I'm not going to get into the guy's personal thing. Maybe he wasn't happy in his marriage. Maybe this was his plan all along because he wanted to get away from Giselle. But it, if things were good, it's like you threw away your marriage for that year. Yeah, that's why I, I don't. I feel icky talking about somebody else's marriage and their life. You don't know what goes on behind. One hundred percent. For me, I think it's it just boils down to this. I think I don't think he was ready to retire. I think she wanted him to retire, and that was kind of her last push of being like, "Listen, seriously, retire or we're out." And uh, I think there was probably some other stuff in there, and he was like, "You know what? If ultimately I'm not happy." And, you're going to leave anyway. I want, to, I want to play football again. So he gave it another run. That team obviously was bad all year. He, for his standards, was not good. Um, and for anybody that says, oh, he should have retired after the Super Bowl or should have retired after last year, listen, these guys do not make decisions for the fans or on their timeline, okay? He was coming off a Super Bowl and he's going to retire. Plus, his whole MO of the Brady brand is 45, play to 45. Well, he did that. Like, I don't think he anticipated the Bucks having the issues that they had this year. And listen, nobody at the end of the day is going to remember his final game was a loss in the playoffs to the Cowboys. Nope. So move on. Greatest of all time. Uh, you got to say it. Respect the man. Um, all right, moving on to the next one. Broncos hired Sean Payton, traded with the Saints as head coach. I was pounding the table for him to be the Chargers head coach. My buddy who is a Chargers fan, said there's no way the Chargers would ever give up first-round picks for it. I said there's no way any team would do it, um, so the Chargers should go for it. He was right. Uh, the Broncos were willing to give up, what, a first and a third and mm-hmm. in return for a third. Um, I couldn't believe it, but I guess the Broncos went all in, and I guess Peyton sees this offense and Russell Wilson as a winner. Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts on it, but before I go into it, you said you guess you think he does. Do you honestly believe that this changes this team at all? I, I mean, I, I guess I'll talk shit about my current offensive coordinator, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. I guess we're going to speculate here, but I don't want to do it too much because I don't want to get my hopes up. But with that being said, I think it does change just because I, I think – I think Nathaniel Hackett is a really good offensive coordinator, but I just think some people aren't made to be a head coach. Peyton is a head coach. I do think they'll be better. I mean, they were just straight-up terrible this year. I think that they'll be a better team, just a better run team, and I think he'll get the best out of Russell Wilson. The overlying question is, what is the best out of Russell Wilson as of now? Yeah, that's my thought, you know, exactly, is, you know, Hackett got and deserves a lot of the blame for what happened last year this past season um he clearly was in way over his head as a head coach from the first game of the season we didn't know what the hell he was doing kicking that 63 yarder when you just gave up the world for russell wilson um but i do think that there's a legitimate concern about russell wilson is he done done like he's just gonna be out of the league no but is he done being an elite quarterback i think that's a fair question to have and if he is they clearly can't trade him. They clearly can't cut him. So they have to find a way to facilitate this roster. And, Tom, my biggest question marks for Sean Payton are, A, 
how are you rebuilding a lot of this roster? We know the defense is really good, but they have no first round picks. They have very little draft capital to begin with, let alone the compensation that they moved to bring Peyton in. And then also, him, you're playing in the AFC West, where the Kansas City Chiefs are going to their third Super Bowl in four years. They just played in their fifth consecutive AFC championship game. You've got the Raiders, who I think we expect to find a way to be okay. You've got Herbert in, in L.A. Like, I don't know, man. This is going to be a really uphill sledding. My, my thought would be this. It's a brand-new ownership. It's the richest ownership in the league now. And they probably said, I don't care. And Peyton said, I'll come here if you allow me to have complete autonomy over roster decisions. And I think you can start seeing them trade off some of their more valuable guys just so they can accrue some first round picks and Peyton can start putting his mark on this team. Yeah, I agree. I think Jerry Judy's gone. Uh, they already traded Chubb to Miami. I don't remember what they got for it. I guess it's the not first a first that round. they just gave for Peyton. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're putting all their eggs in the Peyton basket. Do I think it's going to result in a Super Bowl or even a division win? No, but I do think that they'll be a better team than what they were. I mean, you got to hope so. I mean, that was that was really bad. So in my opinion, I guess the overlying question that I'm going to ask you, and I, I'll answer it for myself, is was it worth it? To me, no. Agreed. But I don't also, think it was worth it on both sides. But also, their their back is against the wall. And they basically have a, a three, two, three-year gun to their head because they have, they are all in on Russell Wilson. So I guess they're, they're just trying to make the best of it. Sean Payton talked to him nice, and that they think that they can win a Super Bowl. God bless him, man. I don't, but yeah, God bless him. All right, Texans, I think, make a good hire in D'Amico Ryans as head coach. I think he's going to pull some free agents away from San Francisco. And, I mean, obviously they need to solve their quarterback problem. I don't think Davis Mills is the guy, but I do like this hire a lot. And I think, finally, they might have a coach that might actually last more than 10 minutes. <laughs> I love this. I love this uh, hire for a couple reasons. One, uh your concerns should go away because they gave him a six-year deal. So even if it's two years and they hate him, he basically has to be Matt Rule before uh, mm-hmm. before he's canned. But, um, no, I think this was a great hire. He's a high-character guy. He has ties to that organization, having been drafted there and put together some good, some good teams, uh, some really good seasons. Clearly, he was an up-and-coming guy. He was in the um, coaching carousel rumors last year. He had another great year in San Francisco. And I think, Tom, what I like the most about this, and this is not my whole thing, so I just don't want people to be like, oh, you, you're, of course, going to bring this up. You know, you fire two black coaches who were basically lame ducks from the second that they got hired. And my thought was, oh, they're going to bring in Mike Kafka, or they're going to bring in, you know, Frank Reich, or whomever. And to bring in D'Amico Ryans, I think, and, and then commit to him, I think is a really good look for an organization that has done nothing but make terrible decisions uh, at a laughably bad rate for the last several years. Yeah, I think they're really they're they're actually a team, and you you beg for your team when they're mediocre or absolutely suck to do a full rebuild down to the studs, and I think they're actually committed to doing that, which is nice to see. It is, and like I said, he's gonna he's gonna be able to leave his mark on that team, and I, I'm a big believer in D'Amico Ryan's, and um, you know, restore a little bit of. Just stability to that organization. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I five star hire for me, out of the gate. We'll see how it goes. 
All right, you're going to make me talk about it. The Jets hire Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. Um, obviously, you already texted me and asked me this, so we'll talk about the elephant in the room. You're like, do you think we're getting Rodgers? And I think my response was, it's still the Jets. Um, yep. For me, um, I'm not going to talk about it much. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> everything's laid out for that to happen. Uh, it's, But we're not even in the off season yet, so I'm not going to speculate because speculating will turn to me thinking about it, which will turn to me getting my hopes up, which will turn to me getting my heart broken. So we're not going to talk about it. I like the hire. He's always been well regarded as an offensive coordinator. He's back where he deserves to be and where he should be. He's not a head coach, so I do like the hire. Outside looking in, I think this is a good hire for that reason itself, right? Everybody's going to say, well, he was hired because that means he's going to bring in Rodgers. You know, these guys were not tight for a really long time. They only worked together for a few years. But um, obviously it helps. But I think I do think Hackett's a good offensive mind. And, and listen, he has a, a modern offense. So, you know, whomever the Jets bring in, hopefully Rodgers, if not somebody else, will be able to run a pretty good system. I think LaFleur, who, you know, obviously we will just move into him going to the Rams, he was not cut out for that job with the Jets. And well, that team wasn't Jets. designed for the offense that he wanted to run either. No, and also, you know, he's serving under a defensive-minded head coach. He can go to the Rams and build up his equity under McVay, where everybody has success. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a good move for the Jets, and – Subsequently, uh, you know, Lafleur wins in a good place too. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a really good yin and a yang, like you said. Lafleur can just ride the coattails of McVeigh like he did before, where Hackett and um, Sala could actually be like a, you know, one CEO of the offense, one CEO of the defense. Sala just happens to talk at the press conferences, and that's it. Yep, one hundred percent. All right, Panthers hire Frank Reich as their head coach. Um, I just, I think he picked a couple of bad quarterbacks. He kept trying to do the retread thing. That didn't work out. I like that the Colts are trying to tear it down to the studs as well. Um, we'll see who they hire as their head coach. I think he's going to be good. I I really think that Sam Darnold is going to be their starter next year and they're going to have a good year. I like this hire for this team. I would not have liked this hire if he went to, um, if he went to Houston, but I think Reich in Carolina makes a lot of sense. Uh, this shouldn't matter as much as it does, but everybody talks about it. He did play there for a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, listen, whether you want to give um, Peterson or you want to give Reich all the credit for the Nick Foles Super Bowl five years ago, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, he won a Super Bowl as OC. He's had some really good years. But, you know, the last three quarterbacks that he tried or Ursay pushed on him or however you want to phrase it, you know, it's hard to make, you know, Carson Wentz, uh, Phil Rivers, and uh, Matt you know, Ryan. the zombie of Matt Ryan yeah. try to do well. So um, he's going to go somewhere. And you said Sam Darnold. Tom, he is a free agent. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, they have so many different routes they can go. They can go in the draft. They can try Matt Corral. They could bring Darnold back for a year. I don't know. Do you you so you believe Darnold's coming back? I do. I mean, Corral was what was he drafted in the second or third round? Yeah, somewhere on those lines. So Maybe fourth. So you're not really committed to him as a starter. You see what you got. Even if they draft a guy, I still think that they could bring Darnold back. 
Um, and it you won't could, cost you much. Yeah, and you could say it. You know, we're trying to we're trying to see what we got here, and we don't think whatever guy, if they do decide to go on the draft, is ready. And I think he could do a really good job. I do see Darnold coming back, and I see him being the starter next year. And you know, I root for my guy. Oh, I know you do, my baby boy. I know you do. Um, the other thing that should be mentioned too is if Carolina had any sustainability from the quarterback position, they actually were a pretty good team last oh, year. Oh, they had all the all talent considered. Yeah, yeah, the Bucks. The if they had any semblance of a quarterback, the Bucks would not have made the playoffs. They would have won the no. division running away, for sure. All right, moving on. We talked about Matt Lafleur. Not much else to say there. Um, Cowboys are done with Kellen Moore, and he was very quickly scooped up by the uh, Los Angeles. That's the that's where they play, Chargers. <laughs> um, I like this move. I think he's going to be good. I always liked his play calling. Um, I think Dak was more, and and McCarthy was more of the problem there. Um, maybe Will, who watches a lot more Cowboys, will disagree with me, but I do think he can draw up a dynamic offense. Um, that team was always good, the, especially when the Cowboys had Cooper and um, C.D. Lamb last year. Um, and I think that this year when they have uh, Mike Williams as well as Keenan Allen. He'll do a really good job playing off the both of them, and I think he'll set up Justin Herbert for a lot of success and take advantage of just how amazing he is as an athlete and as a quarterback. It's just, you know, we still need to hire a clock management guy there. We still need to – they need to hire a new head coach, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is we all know Sean Payton there would have been perfect, but they're too cheap to do it, mm-hmm. and – well, they're too, they're double too cheap because they're too cheap to pay, to keep continue to pay Staley, and they were obviously too cheap to give up the draft capital and whatnot. But I I told you what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to get off to a slow start, and then they're going to hire they're going to fire Staley, and, and next year is going to be another lost season for the Chargers. I mean, shit, man, that's kind of what they've been in their history, right? So. Whether they're really good, uh, they seem to fall short of expectations, and then uh, you know if they're if they're bad, then they kind of stay bad for a little bit. Um, just, but I, I did like that move. Yeah, I do too. I'm just a big believer that if you go into a season, unless it's like a Hall of Fame type coach, like Coughlin was always on the hot seat, seemingly with the Giants until he won the Super Bowl. Like, but if it, it's this guy is not a Hall of Famer, he's a first time head coach. If you go into the season where it's kind of agreed upon by every single party watching that your coach is on the hot seat, even starting the season, you should just get rid of the guy and get somebody else in there because the first slip up, he's going to be gone anyways. I agree with you in principle. I just think that owners, uh, you know, and general managers sometimes too. I mean, these, these head coaches oftentimes are tied to the general manager. So if you fire one, then you immediately set the next one up to be a lame duck as well. That's why cleaning house usually makes the most sense uh, when teams fail. But the other thing, too, is owners are not going to just throw away that money. In a perfect world, that coach is good enough at least to validate the fact they should last through their contract and then just not be renewed. Yeah, no, I agree. But I mean, what you saw with Matt Rule, I mean, David Tepper did everything in his power, tried forever oh, to yeah. say, I'm not letting him go. But it just got to the point of no return there. I think it's going to be the same thing with Staley. It's just going to get to the point where it's like we just – we are too talented and we can't continue to do this. They should not be picking in the top 10 next year, and I just got a feeling that it's going to be bad. Well, Staley is a defensive guy, so now you let Kellen Moore True. completely take over the offensive room. 
and true say, very good point the, the 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 keys are yours and now go drive this thing and and see see how far you can take us oh, well a light at the end of the tunnel all right Cardinals Colts still still uh, the jury's still out on them we'll see who they go ahead and hire um, let's talk some NBA Did you baby see real real fast on the Cardinals there's a there's a report that came out today that a lot of the out a lot of the uh, candidates for that job have not necessarily wanted the job or wanted to move through with the process because they don't want to be tied at the hip with Kyler, which is uh, not something you want to, well, to admit. And what's terrible is is that some coach that isn't really ready or doesn't really deserve the position is going to take it because there's only 32 of these jobs. So yep. he'll be tied to it. It'll be a fucking dumpster fire, and then both of them will be gone. Yeah, no, 100%. And... The last thing I'll say is for the Colts, please just hurry up and hire Saturday because I want Kafka and Wink back in New York. <laughs> Listen, uh, you really think they're going to hire Saturday, huh? I mean, why would you go through this whole process? You already hired him with no experience, took him from the get up desk, and now all of a sudden you're going to give up on him? Like, I don't know. I feel like it's it's – they they're trying to figure it out. I know Wink is one of the finalists there, but I hope I hope it's just listen. We're gonna go with Jeff Saturday. That's a stubborn owner there in Ursay, and let let Wink and Kafka come back. They both deserve jobs. They will eventually get jobs, but I don't want it. I'd like them for another year. Okay, fair enough. Colts shit or get off the pot. Um, there you go. All right, let's let's talk some NBA here. We're going to go up and down each league, as we said we would. College basketball, maybe we'll do it next week because uh, we're doing yeah. NBA this week. Um, all right, let's start off in – what do you want? Let's start off in the Eastern Conference. You okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. We usually do that. Sure. Not much to say. We'll work our way down from 15 to 1 and just give a brief one-minute our, our thoughts on it, I guess, unless it requires more. Do we really have to talk about the Detroit Pistons without Cade Cunningham? All I'll say is it sounds like they're not going to trade Bogdanovich and that they're going to commit to him being a centerpiece uh, going forward, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I don't think he's centerpiece worthy. I think he's kind of just below that tier, but okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was interesting from a trade standpoint. I agree. Because that's a, that was a guy that's on a lot of a lot of teams' radar. I think he could fetch at least one first-round draft pick. Um, Hornets next. Um, yeah, I mean, who's – Who's even on this team outside of Lamelo? Uh, Gordon Hayward's always hurt. I, I think that they could fetch a couple of couple of pieces for them. And the only thing that's interesting about the Hornets is, however, this Miles Bridges situation comes back. It looks like they're going to bring him back if he's yeah. ever able to play basketball again. Yeah, uh, I mean, no other team wants him. So I guess, hey, I mean, they're so completely in purgatory and nobody cares about the Hornets. If there's a single team that could bring a guy like that back, it's them. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because I think MJ is going to sell that team soon. He should, man. It's a sunken cost. It's not working. And let's see if, you know, Rozier or PJ Washington, one of those guys, gets moved in a deal in this next week. Yep. The Orlando Magic, I mean, I've watched a few Magic games. They are super fun. But they just don't win basketball games. They lose a lot of games in the fourth quarter. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of fun players on this team. I mean, Jonathan Isaac, he plays and then he's hurt and he. No, he's bad. I mean, this is the first time he's played a game in like three years. I know, and he will forever be like my white whale. I thought he could have been a superstar. 
I don't see it happening. I mean, Paolo is as advertised, um, and and Wagner have both been great. Suggs and Cole Anthony, they I feel like they trade days that they want to be good. Um, and then the only thing that I will say about this team, just because they're not a very good team right now, is I mean. Bull Bull has just found oh. a way to be incredible there. He's people are calling him a poor man's um what's the when Benyama. It's like you he was on Denver and not getting a second of playing time and now he's just tearing it up. Man, I'm so happy you finished with him. Um you know, they're not good and we know that and that's what a lot of raw young teams are, you know. They're they, a three-quarter they, team. They're a three-quarter team, but Tom they own the Celtics, which is really funny. Like, you know, my well, team can't go near the Celtics, but they play the magic and they just completely fold. That's something that these teams that are contenders should take notes on because I don't think, especially with Robert Williams being out, it's the Celtics can't can't deal with big guys. No. And then, and they also got Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba. I mean, I think one of the I think they're going to trade Mo Bamba. There's no reason for them to have him anymore because mm. uh, he's not going to play ahead of Carter and obviously uh, Bull Bull. So, but this team is just littered up and down. I, down. I, I think it's safe to say Bancaro was the right pick. Oh, he's. I mean, you know, he was my guy from the jump. He's a yep. dog. He's excellent. The pace he plays at, he's got an incredible first step. He can shoot it a little bit, and he passes a lot better than people gave him credit for coming out of Duke. He's really polished, and I think it's really time that when we go through the draft process, um, you know, evaluating some of these players, we really have to look at the team that they play on. I mean, there were a lot of scorers and a lot of, you know, you're asked to play a certain way in college that you're not going to be asked to play on the NBA level, and it's like, oh, is his passing good enough? Is he this or that? It's like. You know, he was on a team that was so star-studded, it's it's oftentimes hard to decide. Oh, is, is tonight I'm just going to go for 30? Is tonight my night I facilitate and rebound? It's mm. like you see all of his talents on display. Uh, and, Tom, I think for all the shitty teams, they're the team that's the most deserving of a little more than a minute from us. For sure. Uh, talking about the next team, the 12 seed, the Raptors, I mean, for me, I just don't think it's happening this year. And their GM, um, his name deceives me. Masai Ujiri. Masai, yeah, I mean, he fleeced the next years ago. Helped you that time. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. You're probably about 90% with helping me out. So you're you're always good for that. I'm thinking outside of Scotty Barnes and maybe Siakam, if they're going to recommit to him for the years to come. Everybody's on the block. I mean, I know that I read a report that the Knicks are willing to give up three first round picks for OG Ananobi. I know he's top three in defensive player of the year this year, but please, Knicks, pump the brakes on that. He's not a guy that's going to put you over the edge as a championship team. Please, please pump the brakes on OG Ananobi. I don't think he's worth three first rounders, but. I mean, I'm looking at Van Vliet, I'm looking at Gary Trent Jr., and I'm looking at Ananobi as guys that should not be on this team after the trade deadline. Yeah, so a couple things there. Um, First and foremost, there's been a lot of rumors from Chris Haynes and some other really well-respected NBA insiders that there's a lot of unhappy people in that locker room. Mm. Um, They're not, that is not a team that's going anywhere anytime soon. So with the names that you mentioned, I got a text from our friend Mike French today. He's not just a draft scout. You know, he knows his NBA and he loves his Knicks. He said that he read a report that there is a standing offer from the Knicks on the table for OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. That would include RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, and two firsts. If that is true, would you do it? 
Let me think of the people again. RJ. Who's RJ, Obi, and two firsts for Trent and Yeah, I would Obi. do that. I would do that. I mean, RJ's not even playing closing minutes. Uh, I, I kind of think that he is overvalued. I do like him as a player, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that puts you over the top. I would uh, pull down, pull back one first for me, would you? See, here's where I'm going to just go at you for a second. You got like 15 first round picks. I'm exaggerating a bit. That's a good point. But what the hell are you using these picks for if you're not going to go get players? Tom, I know That's he's, a good not, point. he's not Kevin Durant, but OG Ananobi and Gary Trent immediately make your team four to five wins better. Yeah. No, and the, and, and the Knicks have fallen out of the sixth seed into the playing game. Fine. Fucking do it. Call make, it. And you're, and you're for, you're gonna fuck up the pick anyway. Call so. call it into the league. Yeah, that's a good point, and I always make that point. Call it into the league office. Do it. Do it. Um, all right, next team that just this shit has just never worked out since two years ago when they put it together. Um, Chicago, another team that I think should clean house. Um, the reason why I don't think the Knicks have gone super all in on that Toronto trade or any Toronto trade is because I think they're holding out for a Levine trade. Um, Levine, DeRozan, Caruso, uh, I know Lonzo's probably not going to be traded just because he's got that super crazy knee thing. Um, but Vooch, all these guys should be traded. Right there with you. Would you, Um, now if as, as a Nets guy, and we're going to talk about them as we go up the list, how would you feel about getting a Vucevic if, if the price was right? I could be talked into him, but the struggle I have with him is he really does need the ball. Um, and you see it in Chicago. Like, he doesn't fit with a lot of other ball-dominant players. You don't think he could squeeze players. in there as, like, a pick-and-roll kind of guy? He doesn't do much defensively for you, so True. if he's not scoring for you, it, it, he really hurts you. He's the kind of player where, like, if you watch him play the Nets, I would talk myself into him until I realized the Nets are, like, one of the smallest teams in the NBA. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Like, if he's playing Boston or Milwaukee – I think with the way the Nets want to play, he wouldn't really help them all that much outside of maybe being a nice scorer for like 15 minutes. But again, he's going to hurt you defensively and he does require the ball because if he's not, if he doesn't have the ball, he doesn't do a lot. If he did, that Chicago situation would be better. Good point. Good point. Um, I don't know if I'm the Nets, uh, you might want to look at a lower end trade where you look at like an Andre Drummond and a Derek Jones Jr. We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I don't even want Drummond because then you walk into the same situation as you had him last year. He was unplayable late. Mm. You've already got Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton who can't make free throws. So I, I, I think the Nets have other uh, have other desires. We'll talk about them when we get to the Nets. But as for Chicago, man, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just think that at some point you got to just you, you shit or get off the pot, like you said about the Colts. There's no reason to continue to half-ass this. You're not a good team. You're only losing value on these players. And reset. I give them credit for trying to go for it, but it ain't going to happen. Yep. All right, moving on to the next team. I mean, this team is a young, talented team, and they're in a lot better of a position um, than we thought they would be at the beginning of the year. That's the Indiana Pacers. I mean, Halliburton's been playing at an all-star level all season. Um, Matherin has been incredible. They there was a report that they're going to hold on to Turner. This 
I don't want to. I don't even want to hear his name anymore. And I, I'm not trying to disrespect the guy, but like he's been in trade rumors for so long. I'm just so tired of it. Um, they gave him a two year extension, Tom. Yeah, I saw that. So that he's he's staying. I like Heald. He seems to be happy. I really like Duarte. Um, they've been getting the most out of all these players, and I just I, I think, you know, when they need to they need to trade guys like Tice and McConnell that just are kind of redundant for them, and they don't need them to to bring together draft capital because I think if they sign the right fringe free agents, because nobody crazy good is going to be going there and they do well in the draft over the next couple of years they could be a very competitive team couldn't agree with you more I, if i'm them i stand relatively pat at the deadline just trade um, the fr- just trade mcconnell and tice and shit like that yeah i mean okay congratulations on finally once again though like quasi committing to turner it's not like they gave him a four-year extension and they so could probably like, trade him at the trade deadline next year yeah or the in trade the summer, talk's right? not yeah. gonna stop Never. Not with him. But hey, at least for right now, we can put him on the back burner. And I think that they're really good with where they're at right now. There's no reason, in my opinion, to make any kind of crazy decisions one way or the other. Ride it out with a good young talent and enjoy watching Halliburton and Matherin. Yep. The Wizards. I, You know, as a Knicks fan, I do feel for the Wizards because I feel like we are over the past million years the same team where it's just like pure mediocrity. It, it is. They're just on a much lower profile. But yeah, uh, it, I mean, where do you want to start with them? Because they deserve a couple minutes. I mean, it, Beal, another guy in trade rumors, but it doesn't Beal seem sucks. like he has any desire to leave. And I don't think he, his best days are, I really think, behind him. I think Beal sucks. I mean, listen, if Beal's like a fourth <laughs> player on, you know, on a on a championship team, I could see it. But, like, the money that he's getting paid and the way he gets talked about, it's like he's never been that guy. Like, ever. He no. sucks. I mean, I'm sorry. I think their best player is Kuzma. Kuzma is their best player. Um, they're not going to trade him. It sounds like so. No, nah, they're going to try. I, I think he's a free agent. They're going to try and get. They're going to try and get a big. He might get a max. Honestly, I think he's. I think he's. I mean, everybody in the NBA that's worth anything gets a max. I think he's good enough to get a max. Do I, would I give it to him? No, but I think they will. I think that they. I think they're you know, inclined to really try this Porzingis, Kuzma, Beal, you know, quote-unquote big three. That yeah, they've won six in a row. Pieces. They were in the dumpster for a while, and they started They to have up. enough guys where they can win on almost any night, but they also can lose on basically every night, which is why they're perpetually mediocre. But I don't think they're going to do anything really crazy at the deadline, man. I think they're going to stay relatively pat, maybe make a move around the fringes like you suggest for Indiana. I saw they're going to probably buy out Will Barton, which is, which is smart. Uh, He's been tied to the bucks and the nets and the buyout market. So, Hey, like give some young guys. You made the Hachimura trade because they weren't going to commit to him. Um, And now they can, you know, pretty much look at their team the rest of the way and see if that is the direction they want to go moving forward. No doubt about it. This team pisses me off more than any other team in the NBA. That's the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they are at 500 right now. The talent that they have on this team, they should be much better. But I don't think they know what the fuck's going on. Um, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, 
the Collins thing has been going on for three, almost as long as the Turner thing. Um, DeAndre Hunter just can't fucking stay healthy, and I don't think he'll ever be the player that I that I thought he would be. And then Trey Young and Dejounte Murray, both very good players, just can't figure it out. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to put it on wax right now. If I'm the Atlanta Hawks, I'm picking DeJounte Murray over Trey Young. I think Trey Young is a good stats, bad to mediocre team kind of guy. He's Russell Westbrook. The worst thing that happened for people who hold Trey Young stock and are Hawks fans was that Eastern Conference Mm -hmm. final appearance in that crazy year because they never should have been that good. No doubt about it. And honestly, I see a breakup between Atlanta and um, and Trey Young at some point. And, and people aren't talking enough about their faux pas with the uh, Luka thing. They really aren't. We need to talk about that for the rest of the time. <laughs> I'm, you know I'm happy to do it. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's an all-time blunder. But I think all the moves that they've made since then have been very questionable. I mean, yeah. we talked about it the last time we did our deep NBA dive, which was almost two months ago. The herder trade. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, and now Bogdanovich is very, very good. It doesn't sound like they're inclined to move him. But yeah, you look at this team. It's like, how in God's name are you only five hundred? Then you remember Trey Young is, you know, he's a franchise player without all the franchise player intangibles. Yep. So Dante Murray is a one-way player, and the rest of the guys are just kind of. There's no real spot for a John Collins, who's always in trade rumors, and a Clint Capella. And I Bogdanovich. think this team. I I don't know if it's a super with the, with having Dejounte Murray because you said he's a one way player. I think he's much better than that. He just doesn't have the opportunity with Trey Young there to show off his offensive prowess. Okay. Um, I, I I'll give you that hot take. I think that this team would be better if Trey Young wasn't on it. I don't think that's that much of a hot take. I think anybody who really knows basketball in the NBA and doesn't just look at stats yeah. uh, would agree with you. All right, let's move on to my Knicks. Um, Here we do. Let's do it. They've fallen down to they're on a two game losing streak and they've fallen down to the seventh seed. I do think a deal needs to be made. I think they need to stay out of the playing game. I want quickly gone. I mean, he's clearly fallen out of favor with um Coach Tibbs. I I want Toppin gone. Toppin I mean, you know I've bitched about this before, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reiterate it real quick. For a guy who is how old is he? I'm I'm looking it up right now. I don't like how Wikipedia does. He's 24 years old already. He's only been in the league for two years, basically, because it's 2023. He's in his what third season in yep. the league, um, and who he came in as quote unquote an NBA ready player. He I don't think outside of fast break dunks, I don't think he has any real NBA skills. He's an undersized forward. That can't shoot that well. Well, uh, you're not going to hear any argument from me. I don't watch him nearly as much as you do, but the sample size in which I have watched him, he doesn't do much for me. Um, trade, they don't trade top in the best and, situations either. But trade top and trade quickly. Get rid of Fournier. You've been talking about it for too fucking long. Uh, Reddish is all but traded as it is, anyways. Uh, that never really worked out. The first game got my got me really. Uh, hard down in the pant area because he scored like 24 <laughs> off the bench or something and nothing's happened since never saw the court again. yeah um it, it's really it's randall and bronson and then a little bit of barrett but again if the trade was right i wouldn't mind trading him i also grimes has been that, great by the way 
he's been good. He was really good there for a while. He's tapered off yeah. slightly. Well, um, he's he's a he's a seventh best player on your team, you know. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm just saying that. Okay, so I watched our teams play on Saturday, and you know how I I did my Nets rant, and I'm I'm still there. But I watched the game because it's a New York game, and I'm like, all right, here we go. And the Nets are just blitzing you. The Nets shoot the absolute lights out. You can't stop them. But I'm watching Grimes, and he's shooting way too fast, in my opinion. Like, he gets the ball, and it's almost like he has a shot. It's almost like it's like he touches it, and he has to get rid of it in .5 seconds. Um, and he's missing shots that he was nailing earlier yeah, on. Yeah, he's cooled off. Yeah, and I still think he's a really good player. I like his game. I like his defense. But, you know, this is what I I feel about Barrett and some of your young guys. The Knicks and the Jets really do have a kinship when it comes to young players and how fans look at them. And everybody wants the draft picks. Everybody wants the young talent. Everybody wants to win because of the young talent that you draft. And then over a while, that potential and kind of like clinging to those good moments turns into, okay, well, you know, he's been, you know, a little up and down, but we still believe in potential. And then potential turns into frustration, and then frustration turns on turns into, why the hell do we still have this guy? And I feel like the Knicks have way too many of those players. Mm-hmm. Barrett, Toppin, I'm not going to put Grimes in that category yet, but I wouldn't shock me if you put him in that bucket. We know Quickly's in that bucket now. Yep. And it, it's just like there is no reason for the Knicks to try to continue to do this, man. Rehaul the roster. Your, your top two of, of um, Brunson and Randall – are good enough to lead a at least six seed team in the East. Completely agree with you, and I've been pounding the table for it since the beginning of the year, since last year. If you're going to stick with Tibbs, you either need to give him a veteran latent team where it's a win-now team or close enough to it, or you need to fire him and develop the young guys. We're caught in the middle here, and... I'm at the point now where it's clearly Tibbs isn't going anywhere. So let's get rid of the young guys that aren't showing enough promise, partially because of them and partially because Tibbs isn't giving them the opportunities and get some veterans in here for them. And partially because there are guys that you can go get that are upgrades. Agreed. And your team's good. Like, I, I, I mean this sincerely. I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they should win a title. But the Knicks are a good team. With our top two I guys, some other teams, and there are some bad teams. They are not one of them. Yeah, with our top two guys, we should be good enough uh, to at least avoid Brunson's the playing awesome, game. What'd you say? Brunson's awesome, by the way. Oh yeah, worth every penny. And I was saying that I really liked him at that hundred million dollar mark. Anything more, I would have been. Eh. But all right, let's move on to the next game, next team. Uh, Miami has slowly kept crept up in the rankings. For me personally, and Rosillo shouted out some stats on his pod that were alarming. They're number one in defense. They're going to outplay you on defense. But offensively, I still think they're pretty bad. Olin Depot, since they got him there, is just the ultimate cock tease. Um, and for me, I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy. I think they should trade him, period, point blank. Yeah. I think wow. that they should get everything they can, sell him while he's hot, because I think this team's going nowhere. Try and rebuild around a young Bam and a young Tyler Hero, um, because Lowry's averaging seven points a game. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is not aging well at all. Uh, not worth the tampering penalty that they had to pay. Even though they did go to Game 7 of the East Final last year, and Lowry can still do some Lowry things. But he's not playing late in games. Um 
that's a hot take, the Jimmy Butler one, because I feel like he wants to be there. I feel like he's been to the finals. I'm sure he's he does, but if final. I think, listen, and I was I was thinking about trades today, and you know he wants to be there, but if. I don't know if he has a no trade clause, but if Miami comes to them and I'm says sure we, he does. we have an offer from the Denver Nuggets for you know Michael Porter and um, what's the Bones Highland for you and and a couple of picks like I uh, I think if he goes to Denver they automatically become the head and shoulders favorite to win the title. I think if he goes to just about anywhere that team probably is now in the conversation because playoff Jimmy is a real thing, man. Yep. It's, it's weird because there's not many of those players anymore, but he is, that is a real thing. You just got to get there. But I think that we saw the year after the bubble, I know that was a really weird off season with not a lot of recovery time. And, you know, it was a, it was a crazy staggered season, but they were not good that next year and they got dismantled by Milwaukee in round one. Yep. Then they come back fully healthy. They go to a game seven of a East final. That was just absolute knockdown drag out with the Celtics. And I think that takes a lot out of some of these guys, including Butler. Yep. No, no doubt about it. But I don't know. I, I do you think they're done? I just, I don't see them getting past the first round regardless. I don't want to ever, I don't want to ever diminish them because I, they will outplay you in terms of effort so many times and Butler can get hot and Bam is a, is a beast and hero is a fucking really good player. They need more contributions from some ancillary pieces, but I don't ever want to count them out. I I think that's a death wish. Okay. I guess I'm counting them out. Fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to stand on that. I don't think they're getting past the first round. But seriously, you think that they, you think they should trade him? Do you see any world in which they actually do? Ah, uh, no. I don't think Miami does stuff like that. Okay. Unless he demands it, which I haven't, heard, I haven't heard a peep. Not that I'm an expert, but that means that nobody else has heard a peep. Let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've been on a bit of a slide lately. They're a young team, so they're not that great on the road. Um, Donovan Mitchell has been incredible. Darius Garland coming off that early injury has been very good. Mobley hasn't taken that next step, which I'm asking for. Um, the one thing I'm looking at right now is that Donovan Mitchell is two years older than Obi Toppin, and that makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it should. That I mean, he's part only of me, two years older. Part of me wants to just say, like, to you and Stephen A. and all the Nick fans, like, get the fuck over it. You don't have him, and you also talk yourself into not giving up the capital for him. But the other part of me is like, yeah, you know, if I were a Nick fan, I'd be doing the same. It hurt. It would hurt to watch him play in Cleveland and see what he's doing, knowing he could be doing it at the Garden. Yeah, but, and you knew you just and I said this. You knew if he just needed to change the scenery, and he was going to start playing defense again, like he did when he came out of the draft. I think we said this when we talked about Cleveland last time. Is he's in a perfect position too? You know, he really is. I, that's I just, a great team for his skill set. I think them and Memphis on the other side just need – I mean, I know Kevin Love's there and he's won a ring, but I just think they need maybe one more veteran guy. Yeah. Something on the fringe. I will say this, and this is going to kind of tie and segue nicely into my nets. Everybody that said giving up Jared Allen in that Harden trade was so stupid, and I kept saying there was no way in hell they were going to give him a five-year, $100 million deal – you know who Jared Allen has is Jared Allen. He's a he's a really good rim protecting defensive player. His offensive game is not very good. 
Nick Claxton has become this version of Jared Allen. Yeah, I mean, in and a, a roundabout better overall defender too. And that segues into the Nets, which I'll let you go on on. You know, in a roundabout way, you did end up with the better with the better center for less money. Well, um, you agree with me, right? Claxton's a better player than Jared Allen. Yeah, I I, I think Claxton's a better shooter. Um, they're probably even on the pick and roll, and I do think he's a. They're probably equivalent on the rim protection. I just think Claxton's a much better cutter. Um, he's also much more versatile. He could even guard the three and the four. Allen yeah, can't do that. Yeah, he's much quicker laterally as well. So, yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. I think he's the better player. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm just saying is, like, I know that that trade will always just be so crazy and, and all that, but it's like, you know, I love Jared Allen, but always kind of knew what he was in this league. But, yeah, my net. So I, I ranted about him two weeks ago, almost two weeks of the day. I absolutely lost it um, because I felt like they were the same team as Kevin as, as they were last year with Durant out, and I still think that way, even though they've been much better this year than they were last year, uh, excluding last night uh, when the Celtics just took them to the woodshed. But Tom, my concerns with this team continue to be their size. They're a fucking small team, and Ben Simmons again is not playing because of knee soreness. T.J. Warren's been out the last couple of games. I don't know if it's actual injury or injury management but they could really fucking use his scoring right now um shorthanded and i love seth curry i think he's an excellent role player i'm sure you'd agree though he absolutely murders you defensively he can't hang with the bigger guards and if you're gonna say we're just a playoff team and happy to be that i love seth but if you're trying to contend with the brogdons and the Derek whites and the marcus smarts and the drew holidays like Sorry, man, he is going to just become unplayable. And Joe Harris, he has not been able to get his own shot like he used to. He's really just a spot-up shooter at this point. Kyrie's been very good. Claxton's been awesome. But there's too many enigmas on this team, and there's still too many question marks. I I like the fact they're weathering the storm much better this year than they did last year. But I still think my rant was valid because I still don't put them in that class of the better teams. Unless something really crazy happens via the trade market, this team, as it is constituted, is probably a second-round exit. Yeah, I don't know if you could afford it, but I'm just going back to the Bulls and a Patrick Williams-Alex Caruso Package oh would be oh my God. perfect for you guys, but I just hard in the pants <laughs> I don't think you could afford it. No, but that I don't would even be. Know if we could do one of them. But. Yeah, no, that would be just perfect. But it's it's truly very unrealistic. Um, a team that's been hot lately, the 76ers. Um, I was just going to ask you. I have a couple trade mentions for the Nets real fast. I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Sure. Nas Reed, Minnesota. They mm-hmm. didn't reach an agreement on an extension. He would fit the front court very well. Kelly Olynyk, mm. as a stretch, no, no rim protection there, but sure. But at least a center you could play late in games. Yeah, who make a free throw and 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 stretch the floor. And then as far as wings, uh, Josh Hart, Gary Trent, and uh, Vanderbilt. I don't know if you could afford Gary Trent or Vanderbilt, but Hart is just that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So no, those are some names I have my I have my eye on. I like those two. I, I like those two a lot. Um, and, and it seems like Minnesota's gonna have gonna have to give up some guys. And Hart seems like he could be easily had. He seems like it every year. 
a good enough player to be mentioned in trades. So I guess, but a bad enough player to be mentioned in trades. Um, well, he's kinda... getting traded to teams that have no chance to win at all. So a player like that isn't as valuable on those squads. Yep. No, no doubt about it. Um, I like those two trades. I think the Nets. I think the Nets will be active at the deadline because you want to keep Mister KD happy. Well, you just have seen it now. You know they can't contend with. I mean, I know they've pushed Philly close, and we're going to talk about Philly here, but they have no answer for Boston. Absolutely none. Yep. No, no doubt about it. They need they need more size, um, and they at, really at the guard position, like you said. For sure. Um, all right, let's move on to the Sixers. They've been hot lately. Embiid uh, destroyed last weekend Jokic, and they won that game. He may have grabbed the MVP odds by the horns there. Um, Harden, how do you feel about him this year? You know, his numbers indicate that he should be an all-star. Um, he does the things that you love James Harden to do, but he does a lot of shit you hate. I mean, at this point, Tom, I, I wonder if you agree with me. I have watched Philly recently a decent amount. I watched that Nuggets game. I watched them play my team last week. I watched uh, bits and pieces of other games with them. When Embiid is doing his thing, Harden just stands there. He doesn't do anything. I know. It's just like I just want to scream at him. Kill them like, cut. in the postseason. I know, and they're they're a regular season team, very much so. I don't think that but they're, they're so good. They are, and you know, I will say I watched a couple Sixers games. And I know he won a ring with Milwaukee a few years back, but I don't think I've seen P.J. Tucker utilized this well since some of his Houston days. Well, that's why they got him, right? Yeah, and and they're doing a great job using him. They don't play him a lot of minutes. He picks his spots. He's super active. I'll tell you this, though, man. I mean, there's a lot of nights where Tyrese Max is the second-best player on that team. Shit, yep. you might say overall he is the second best player on that team. No, he he probably is at this point. I think, eh, I don't know. Harden has his moments, but of course he does. You know, I I think consistency wise, I agree with you. Let's talk Milwaukee. Let's run through these quick. Um, for them, honestly, the only glaring thing I mean now that Middleton's healthy, Giannis is Giannis. Who it's crazy because I think he won what two MVPs and. Um, did he win? He might have won a defensive player of the year as well. I feel like he's overlooked still at this I think point. So. Yeah, I think he is. I think, you know, his his style of game is not that fun to watch. It's not, but I, he's just I don't so, care what anybody says. He's just he's so fucking dominant. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for this team, I just uh, – they gotta they gotta upgrade that that Grayson Allen spot. I, they they could really use Divincenzo back to I replace know. him, but unfortunately he's not there. And I don't think um, where is he now? Is he in Golden, he's in State? Golden State? I don't think they're giving him up because he's been playing really well of late. They just need another swing man, shooting guard, small forward, whatever. That's just better than Grayson Allen. Totally agree with you. That's pretty much it. They've lost games that they haven't lost in years past. I wonder if the regular season is becoming a little bit of a um, formality for them, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but I do see some holes on this roster, you know, and especially, you know, they they really need the health of Middleton. They desperately need the health of Middleton. No doubt about it. All right, let's move on to the Celtics. A couple of days ago, the sky was falling. Um, they've won two in a row. I think that they're going to be just fine. 
honestly, outside of maybe getting another big man because Cornette has kind of fallen off. He got off to a hot start at the beginning of the year, and Williams still isn't back, and Horford is 120 years old. Um, I, I think that they could use a backup big man, but outside of that, I wouldn't touch this team. I wouldn't either. The only thing I'll say on them is this. If they get Jakob Pertl, they can find a way to make another second straight year deal with the Spurs. They're in the finals. It's not close. Absolutely. That's a perfect guy. Maybe a Peyton Pritchard and uh Hauser. I don't know. Something like that. A couple of Anything, picks. they'll figure it out. No doubt about it. Um all right, so there that's that is your Eastern Conference. Let's run through the Western Conference quickly because we have PGA to talk and I have somewhat of a hard deadline tonight, but no big deal. Um Rockets. Crickets. Fun and young and bad. Fun and young and bad. Um, I have not watched a minute of Rockets basketball this year, so that's... Me neither. Um, wow. The Outside of the bottom two, 14 and 15, are you, you're not looking at the standings right now because I know that the sky is falling in Texas and you don't have internet, um, but Jesus No, Christ. but I looked this morning at work. Everything is so bunched up, right? The um, Kings are in the three spot now, did I see? Yeah, they were man. In like the 10 like a day or two ago. Yeah, it is just uh, somebody's got to separate here. I mean, I know Denver's got a little bit, three games up on Memphis, but everything else is just so close together. San Antonio, we don't have to talk about them outside of their trade guys. Those teams, 14 wins and 13 wins, and then the Lakers at the 13 seed jump up to 24 wins. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just super close there with everybody else. Lakers, I mean, I swear to God, and I know they're the Lakers, people talk about this team as if they're a four seed when they're a third, what are they, a fucking 13 12, seed right now? 13, yeah. 13 seed. And I know it's LeBron and it's it's Hollywood, but uh, can we stop? There is no trade that this team has the ability to make that makes them a championship contender. I don't care. No, of course not. Um, I think people will always just try to talk themselves into if you get AD and LeBron healthy come postseason time, that's a team nobody really wants to play. Um, and I don't care what they say. There's a lot of teams that would love to play that team, uh, even if that's true. Uh, I will say this, two quick observations, because I watched them two nights in a row. I've watched them play my team without AD and LeBron and your team with both of them. Russell Westbrook off the bench is a perfect spot for him, and he seems to have embraced it. Uh, And I do like the Hachimura trade. I think he does give them some size um, from that wing position who can score and defend. And Thomas Bryant is a force inside. Uh, They have some pieces, but they're only going to be able to go as far as potentially – the play-in, and a first-round exit, in my opinion. Agreed, unless they make some type of deal, which, I mean, they did do it with the Pau Gasol thing. I wouldn't put it past them to do something in the back channel. But who channels. are they moving out to get a guy like that? That's the thing. They well, have to part with that 27 or exactly. first. It comes down to those firsts. We'll see if they're willing to budge for LeBron. I don't think they are. I don't know. He might hold their yeah, – honestly, there might be an 11th hour thing right at the deadline. That's – I can't see it. I think that unless unless a superstar that just becomes completely available out of nowhere in the next six days, seven days, I don't think there's a really a move they can make. Any even like good role player is not gonna is not gonna change their fortunes. Yep. 
Um, Oklahoma City Thunder next. Uh, I don't know when it's going to become shit or get off the pot time with this team, uh, if ever, but I will tell you Josh Giddy is really fun to watch, and SGA is playing at a first-team All-NBA-type level. Yeah, agreed. Uh, really, really good pieces there, and obviously no Chet in his rookie season. So, um, yeah, they're going to eventually have to figure out what the fuck to do with these picks. But I don't know. To me, I, I'm going to predict that they stand pat at the deadline. I don't think there's anybody they move. I agree. The only way I think they make a trade is if somebody calls them and tries to salary dump and they're willing to give up a million draft picks for it. Sure. Trailblazers, uh, Dame is healthy, but this team is just not good enough. Uh, The Jeremy Grant experiment has not gone well. Uh, I think I, I respect Dame for wanting to stick it out and be the guy of this era that stays with the same franchise. I'd rather see him on a winning team and promote Anthony Simons um, to his spot because he's been a lot of fun, and so is Shannon Sharp, or it's Shandon, Shaden, whatever, how the fuck, whatever. Um, I think Dame <laughs> should get traded, um, but this team is just mediocrity. Agreed. They're not going to trade him. He doesn't want to get traded, and which is kind of a shame because I am ready to see some of these young guys, you know, take that next step. They're really good when they play, but they could be even better. Now talk about a team, again, we talked about how bunched up it was, but talk about a team that has been on quite a slide. They've lost nine in a row. I know Ingram was out for a while. I know Zion has his injury issues. But the New Orleans Pelicans are 26-26 and 26 at the 10 seed. I, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. If they can get themselves healthy, I think they'll be fine. I agree with you. I think that they have one huge move to make, and I think that if the player becomes available, they should do it. 100% agree. Uh, they need to utilize McCollum better, by the way. I've watched a few of their games, um, and he doesn't get utilized properly. He should be have the ball more often in crunch time. He makes the right decision, and it just seems to be like he's on the back burner sometimes. Yeah, I, I know. He's kind of went from one weird situation in Portland to another here in, in uh, New Orleans, but I, I, I really think this team, if you get them into the postseason healthy, have as good a chance of coming out of the West – that's probably only two or three other teams. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. They definitely have the talent. Utah, fun story. Eventually this is going to fizzle out. Markinen's playing like a superstar. Clarkston has been just as good as last year when he won sixth man of the year. Um, and they kind of let Colin Sexton come in off the bench and fuck around and get his 19 points. And I think that's the perfect position for him to be in. Um, outside of that, I just think they have a lot of trade pieces like uh, a Malik Beasley, a Kelly Olenek, maybe Conley gets moves. Horton Tucker is another guy who I think that we could see, well, not if not this year, another year get moved. He's got some value. Um, but I, it's awesome to see. I think Ainge wants to see them closer to the Wenbanyama range, though. Let's give it up for Walker Kessler, too. Dude yeah. has been fucking balling. I mean, I think it was Rochelle that said on his pod, like, if you just did go bear for Walker Kessler straight up, I think a lot of people would want Walker Kessler instead. Uh, um, all-time bad trade. I know we're going to get to Minnesota here soon. But, um, yeah, man, I think that they will look to move some of those guys like in Olenek. Um, I think Clarkson's going to stay. Markkinen's been awesome. Sexton's been good in his role. Look for an Olenek. Look for maybe a, a Beasley or Vanderbilt in a deal. Um, but that's yeah. about it. 
Phoenix Suns, man. Devin Booker's been hurt for a while, and he's clearly the linchpin that makes this team go because outside of that, DeAndre Ayton, I don't know. And Cam Johnson's been hurt too, but it's clearly uh, Booker. DeAndre Ayton, ever since whatever the hell happened to him in the playoffs last year, I don't know if he needs to go see a sports psychiatrist. I don't know what's going on, but he needs to figure his shit out. And Chris Paul is just in a different phase of his career. This team is not very good right now. No, they're not, but Booker's coming back, it sounds like, early next week, and his targeted date is Tuesday at the Nets. Um, <laughs> nice. Which, of course. Um, although, I can't complain. We've gotten pretty lucky with the schedule sometimes this year with guys not playing. But um, I want to see what this team is with Booker because he is that good and he is that guy. But agreed on your take on Chris Paul. I still don't – I need to see more from Cam Johnson. Is he healthy? Bridges? Like – I, you know how I feel about them. I don't really want to hear about them until we get to the playoffs because they've just let they've let everybody the, down so monumentally in the last few years. I don't really care. If you go to the finals and then you follow it up with a 60-plus win season, you can't be this bad. No, you can't. I don't want to hear about injuries, too. I mean, talk about KD being so pissed with the Nets last year. If, I'm, if I was KD, I'd be monitoring that situation. That was his preferred destination agreed you'd be like well, really you're you're this bad without devin booker like really listen whatever you got to say to kd to keep him around keep doing it um moving on to the next team golden no, state um i mean curry's been dinged up clay is just not clay anymore this team in my opinion has a move in them at least at least one so what are, so what are you thinking Hmm. Any names or positions that stand out the most to you? I always go back to Bradley Beal. Um, but you said he sucks, man. Why would they? I know, him? but I think he would be. <laughs> but he'd be like a fourth guy on this team, and I think that'd be perfect for him, where he could just get buckets when he needs to get buckets because he can do that, not much else, and and that's kind of what's needed. I think if they did a trade like that, though, they'd have to ship out Clay or uh, Clay or Draymond, right? Because you definitely don't want to move Wiggins. Yeah, and that's tough because uh, I think Draymond right now is the better player, but I just don't think that they would trade Clay. I don't either. Uh, not yet, anyway. Golden State, I'll make this short, is the antithesis of the Suns. I'm tired of the Suns because I know they're going to disappoint me. Kind of tired of the Warriors because I know just get them in the playoffs and that championship DNA is right there. I never thought that they would win a championship last year, and they did. So I don't really care what they do in the regular season. As long as they're afloat and healthy come postseason time, I have as much trust in them as anybody. Couldn't agree more. And and honestly, these standings are deceiving because it's so close together because I think the two teams in front of the Warriors just suck. And that's the Timberwolves and the Mavericks. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean – Cat's been out. Gobert's been fucking abysmal, and Russell sucks. I think this team might miss the playoffs. I don't know. You listened to Rosillo's most recent pod yesterday, right? Yeah. I mean, he took he took D'Angelo Russell and buried him alive. I, I know. I, I know that Russell sucks, but, man, the visceral hate that Rosillo has for him. But, again, kind of, I mean, not comparing him to Trey Young, but – when you talk about stats, if you only look at stats, his numbers are honestly pretty fucking good. And that's what he was in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's just so awful defensively. He's so not involved in the offense. If he's not taking shots, he takes some ill-advised shots. Tom, I agree with you. I don't think this team is very good. I, we both picked them 
to have good regular seasons because of Gobert alone. But this team doesn't fit. This team doesn't work. Gobert, bro, I'm going to give you a comp right now. Currently, Rudy Gobert is Roy Hibbert. The the league has just passed him by. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I, I I didn't think about that because at least Hibbert had some offensive game. But well, no, it's yeah, just in my opinion. You, just, you do remember oh, Hibbert yeah. was no, getting was All Star buzz every year, where he was one of the better centers in the league. And then before you know it, it was like one season to a next. He's out of the league. He's out of the league. Yeah. Well, we know Gobert's deficiencies defensively in a lot of matchups anyway in the postseason. That's why Utah blew up that experiment. But. I mean, I thought he would at least be better in the regular season. I think you're right. I think there's something to that. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, the guy on Utah, what's his name again? Um, it's deceiving me. Um, the guy who Walker you said Kessler. Walker Kessler, he's got better defensive stats this year than than Gobert does. I'm not surprised. I haven't seen him, but I'm not surprised. Um, Minnesota to you? Do they just stay in this limbo, or do they make some trades? Like I said, Nasri no, would be a perfect perfect guy for the Nets I mean they may trade some guys like that are ancillary pieces like a Nas Reed um but I I think that for the most part they stand pat Uh, I just don't see them blowing it up after what they did it's also tough too because you what are you honestly getting for D'Angelo Russell what are you honestly Mm -hmm. getting for Nas Reed I think a lot of teams would like Nas Reed but it's like I think it's a situation where they're worth more to you than they are to the the market yeah, probably so. Probably so. I'll be very interested. I think they're one of the most anticipated teams as we inch towards the deadline here in seven days. Yep. Another team that just habitually pisses me off is the Dallas Mavericks. I hate how they built this team. I, I, I think that they're going to be in the playing game. I love Luka Doncic, but I don't think he's being used in the best way. I mean, he's being played like fucking James Harden back in Houston, yep. and he's just so much better of a player than that. I know they're doing it because they need to, but I mean, some of the passes that this guy makes and whatnot, I sound like Collinsworth really do. I mean, this guy, let Here's me tell guy. you. But I mean, truly, like, you just put some players that can put the ball in the hoop around him and that like to move around, and he's and you know how many easy buckets they're going to get him and how much less he's going to have to hold the ball? It's sickening. The Brunson loss killed him. We know that. We talked about it at length last time. We don't need to do it again. Um, you know, Christian Wood, I know he's hurt now, but, like, he is what he is as a player. Like, Dinwiddie is fine, I guess. You got Reggie Bullock. You've got Tim Hardaway Jr., who can score the ball for you. But like you know, like a Maxi Kleber, uh, what's his name, Bertans. Nobody is. But but that goes back to my point. Any of those guys that you rattled off, including the the players that I think are legit good NBA players on other teams, are not conducive to being a good Luca team. You need to put guys, three and D guys, around him. You've either got a three or a D. That both of them. They're they're not they're not a well put together roster. It's as simple as that. You're right. No, not at all. Luke I is mean, incredible, but I, I I also will say this: as much as I love him and I respect what his game is, I do not like watching him play on this team. No, this team exactly. But I think if you put him on a different team, like if you put him on Denver, he could do the same things that Jokic does from a different spot on the floor. Yeah, I, I would like to. I would like to know if he likes being this ball dominant and score as much. Cause that's always how I felt about Harden. I was like, listen, I hated watching Houston Harden, but I always 
respected the fact that he probably was more willing to pass. But if you watch, if you watch Luca back when he was playing for, I think it was Barcelona, Barcelona, and if you watch him early on in his Mavericks days, he likes to get up and down, and and everybody touches the ball and whatnot, and it's just like this team is just not that, and it's not his no. fault. It's not his fault. I still like to know. I mean, listen, he's he's putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, but yeah, I would be interested to see if he would prefer a different style of play. All I know is that that team is not conducive. You said it perfectly to what he does best, and this is why they're you know an average team at best. All right, moving on to the four seed, my favorite team. You know, I love this team, the Clippers. Um, if they're healthy, they're dominant. It's just. They're the biggest question mark when it comes to health, maybe ever. Do you have a more volatile NBA stock right now? No, no, not at all, because Kawhi could never play again tomorrow, and Paul George could be out for two years tomorrow, you know? I mean, Norman Powell's been playing amazing. Terrence Mann's been shooting the lights out. Reggie Jackson's starting to figure it out. I love Zubach for what he is on this team. Uh, John Wall looks really good in street clothes, as we know. Always got some really good outfits. I I just, I really like this team. I think they're the deepest team in the fucking league when they're healthy. That's the only question for them. If you were asking me to buy stock in a team right now and and you were willing to sell some of those shares that you have invested in the Clippers, right now would be the fucking time to do it because they've been on a freaking roll. They are playing so well. But. I will say this about Kawhi. I watched some bits and pieces of Clippers games of late. He's still a great defender, but he's not an elite defender. No. I think that needs to be said. But he's had so many knee injuries. But, yeah, man, I mean, they do have this collection of talent. Ty Lue is a great coach. But, like you said, it's just like I would feel – I would love to buy some of that stock and then immediately maybe try to sell it off on somebody else. (laughs) Well – that's that's a uh, one way to go about buying and selling stocks. Good luck with yeah. that. Um, yeah, well, listen, it's just like good strategy. I would, immediately, I would be like excited to get it, then I'd be like, oh my god, now I don't know. Now I got to talk myself out of this. It's it's tough. Let's talk about Sacramento. Um, I mean, Fox and Sabonis, what a combo! Picking up Herder, Monk, who I've always had a very massive soft spot for and Keegan Murray just the perfect pick for them I mean this team has been excellent I I think we both picked them to make the playoffs I didn't pick them to be a three seed but shit yeah but tomorrow they could be the eight um no they're very good and they're really fucking good at home and there's something to be said for that really good teams are very good at home yep all right moving on to the next team um, talk about a team that's really good at home, 21-4 and four at home, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I think we said it earlier. I think they just need a veteran presence. That's it. Well, Danny Green came back last night. Maybe he he's did. that guy. And he shot it well. Yep. Yeah, no, it is interesting. Um, Kenny Lofton Jr., any relation to uh, – I don't know if you know this kid. He was in the ESPN 100 a couple years ago. Uh, I wonder if there's any relation to the baseball player, Kenny Lofton. I feel like I've looked this up before. I feel like he would have to be. Like, I feel like he would have to be. Kenny Lofton Jr.? The only Kenny Lofton I could think of was the center fielder for the Indians. Lofton's father, also named Kenneth, served in the United States Army, worked in... He was a... No, this is not... This is not it. That's not it. No, he's... I Army, Thanks for thank you for your service, and a postal worker. So thank you for your service there, too. 
It's a nice pension you get as a postal worker. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I remember one time you were almost talking yourself into doing that. Being a mailman? I thought so. I thought you once said on a pod, like, you know, you do get a really good pension. Oh, I'm <laughs> obsessed with the pension. Um, yeah. But no, definitely not. Um, that that never happened. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, there were some dark times. I probably did talk myself into it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the best team here. Best team in the NBA uh, for the regular season, in my opinion. I think they're better than the Celtics right now. Um, Denver Nuggets. Murray looks pretty much all the way back. And Jokic is just a special player. He's getting into that territory where it's like, dude, at this point, I need you to win a ring. Yeah, no, he is. Um, which was why it was so odd to see him just get absolutely, you know, outplayed by Embiid. But I would love to have seen. I would love to see those two go up at, you know, against each other in a best of seven because I think each of them would trade off nights of who got the better of whom. Agreed. I don't know why Bones Highland got benched. Probably because he makes terrible decisions, but that yeah. dude can fill it up. No, he can, but he he also can absolutely kill you. Yeah. So. Agreed. Agreed. That's I guess on I a team this goal. good, I, that's the problem. That's the curse of being on a team this good. You're not going to get those opportunities to fuck up and learn from your mistakes, like if you're on the Houston Rockets. Yeah, and by the way, last point on the Nuggets, Aaron Gordon has found his niche in the NBA. He's on oh, the yeah. perfect team. He is so well, good for what this team does. And we saw and that coming from a mile away. Yeah, we did. All right, let's move on to some PGA. We're going to talk college basketball probably next week because we're not going to have any football and we just talked the NBA to death. Um, PGA, Sean, our boy, one of my guys in my foursome. My foursome is now a threesome. I've got Rom, who's won twice this year. I've got um, Max, and I've got... Tony and Max wins his sixth, his sixth, and, and he's won more on the PGA Tour since 2019, I believe, than anybody except for the great John Rahm. Um, all I'm going to say is Max is a dog, and he's become one of the best players in the PGA. Let's get out there and get a major this year. He has to get one, um, and you know he sounds like he's in a great spot. So, a full transparency uh, since our last pod, Tom, you sent me the. Um, no Laying Up podcast. I've been digesting that, really enjoying it. I've been listening to Fairway Rolling. Uh, I mentioned that Kornheiser does a lot of golf. But the great thing about the No Laying Up podcast is two of the episodes I've listened to were with Max, the one leading up to um, Torrey Pines and the one after Torrey Pines, the victory this past weekend. And I got to tell you, he's becoming a favorite athlete of mine because of the way he talks about his approach, his um, you know, this, this, um, sports psychologist that he meets with Julie, I believe is her name was, and he seems like he's in an absolutely great place to conquer a major this year. Yep. And, you know, his game is so refined. His game is so good. It doesn't seem like he has those lack of confidence, uh, issues anymore, which I think is just setting himself up for greatness in 2023. Boy, I hope so. I like all your points there. I like that you're listening. Um, the more you pay attention to Max, Told you I'm committed, baby. The more you pay attention to Max, the more you realize he's just a fucking awesome guy. Um, and I would love to have him on the pod. Maybe he'll come on someday. Uh, finishing number two, not a lot of people like him, but Keegan Bradley, former Johnny, he has been playing really well lately, and he's vying for a spot in my foursome. Although, although I do think I need somebody from the Asia range over there. I'm looking at Tom Kim. We're doing interviews to add to my fourth. Um, 
Hideki's there, but I want to pick an up-and-comer, so Tom Kim I've really been interested in. Um, good for Keegan. Morikow is right there. And then Rory went in the Desert Classic, beating the T-Flicker, um, Patrick Reed, all-time. <laughs> Patrick Reed is honestly just a piece of shit at this point. Um, but i got to be careful because he will sue anyone and everyone, including Rory. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you had the controversy with the ball, too, right, with the tree this past week. Um, yeah. yeah that was absurd too, but he's got, I mean, as you know, and you don't even know golf that well, he's got so many of those that it's crazy. I don't know, but I, when I was listening to the analysis of that, it seemed like this was more, this was more, uh, regular and routine for him than it was an outlier. Um, but I tell you, I, I, here's, here's what I can really get on board with. Obviously you have the animosity between the live players and the PGA players, the animosity that Rory has, for for uh, for Patrick Reed really really makes me happy. It, it warms my heart. I love someone who can hate another person that much. <laughs> I hear you. Um, and and you know you you made a good point last week. I think we were talking about how the Live Golf uh, is moving over to the CW network. Um, and I understood your point and I agree with it. I think that is the reason why they're going to a major network is to get um, the demographic that watches golf like. Someone like your dad, is he really going to watch YouTube on his phone for a tournament? He would, but not for live. So you gave me the homework assignment. I, I, gave, him a sh- I gave him a shout oh, yes. and we talked. Um, and he said that he is not motivated to watch live unless there's just he finds himself where, you know, there's a very good event and it's really tight at the leaderboard. And he is, you know, he has grown up, not grown up, but he has watched a lot of years of Phil and a lot of these yeah. guys. But it's, be, it's hard yeah. for him to have that incentive to watch guys that already have all that much money. And he's such a PGA head, but he's like, listen, if it was on YouTube, I wouldn't even think about it. But if I'm flipping the channels and there really is nothing, he's like, I could stumble into a couple holes. Yeah. And I, I get it. I feel like, you know, it have to be, it would have to be raining on the Cape. Um, That's and right. a little frigid, you know, if your dad wouldn't yeah, want to go outside. Played. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'd have to be, it'd have to be a situation like that. But my one argument, and I just had this thought with you, it's not even really an argument because I agree with you. The reason why they went for the CW was to get on the major networks and get someone like your dad watching who is obsessed yep. with golf, but isn't going to fucking open up their YouTube app or whatever. But the thing that's funny is all these guys do is talk about growing the game, right? Right. You would think that if you wanted to get a demographic of people, a.k.a. young people, to watch, to grow, quote-unquote, grow the game and to watch and become interested in golf, you're going to put yourself on the fucking CW network if that's really your stance that you want to grow the game? No, you keep that shit on YouTube because that's where all the young people are. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear your point. I think that you can't. Well, a lot of the sports and baseball, most notably, you can't try to grow the young audience while basically also alienating. taking for granted your old audience. I completely you know? agree with you. Because I just the think... old audience is the one that's paying the bills at the end of the day. The young uh, audience isn't. So I won't... you fuck the old audience over and it's only young kids. Maybe you grab half of them, but now the old ones are out and they're the ones paying for these cable contracts and whatnot. No doubt. And I 100% agree with you. I just think that it... 
and I've said their their stance on growing the game has been hypocritical the whole time, and this just furthers my point that you're trying to grow the game, yet you throw it on CW that the only people that are going to watch it are the major golf heads that would be watching it regardless because or, or playing golf regardless because they love golf. I also think too is we don't we talk about what channel it's on as if people are have allegiances to cable channels. Most people have no allegiance to any cable channels. Tom, the the NFL is on Fox and CBS. Outside of sports, I'm not watching a single show on any of, of those. So it's like, yeah, okay, CW is known for whatever fucking shows like whatever so but it's not like oh good the cw i i have a i have a relationship with the cw it's just no it's like i'm gonna pull up the guide and live golf is on Well, that's the whole point they just wanted to get on they wanted to get on a channel that is on that is in most people's cable packages they didn't care what no and my dad is very tech savvy he's very happy to watch youtube he's got a smart tv all queued up but he's like Generally speaking, if I'm watching sports, it's on I'm flipping channels. Yeah, and I, I wasn't calling out your dad as a guy who's not no, tech savvy. No, no, I, I just meant his demographic. We're going to have to get him on for a little golf corner eventually because I, I think this it. might expand from a corner to, you know, maybe maybe a full block um, on our podcast. But, yeah, um, it was good to see that Rory went out and kicked the shit out of Patrick Reed, although he only won by one stroke, but he still got the W. Um that's that's a tick for the good guys, in my opinion. Um, Pebble Beach Pro-Am being played this week. I like it more. I'm not going to pick anybody. I like it more for the festivities than I do the actual um, event. You have a lot of celebrities in there that make it fun. I want to see their golf games. Timberlake's, Timberlake's a stick, man. I don't know if he's playing in it this year, but he has played it in it in the past. That guy can swing a golf club. Um and you have Josh Allen playing again this year. He pulled out of the he pulled out of the Pro Bowls for I an injury. Love it. I love that. Yeah. I mean, come what on. What would you, know? you rather do? Go toss a ball with a somewhat of an injured arm in a flag football game, or go tee it up at Pebble? I know what I'd do. And I don't even absolutely. Play golf. I mean, that's that's a pastime in America. People banging out of work sick to play golf. <laughs> you can respect it. I'm sure you've done it once or twice. Oh well, yes. At other jobs, I have, but. At this job, I will just say, the work is done. I want to go play golf at the end of the day. (laughs) We know that. I I have zero. I do not not have to. um, I've built up the equity to where I don't really have to lie anymore at this job because I'm an adult. I'd rather just straight up tell you the truth. I'm done with work. I finished it. I want to go play golf. (laughs) Look at you. You've really turned into something. Yeah, look at me. So, yeah, that... Keep an eye on that. It'll be fun to see. Maybe a celebrity will get a little hole-in-one or something. Um, I don't know. You want me to make a pick? Is Tony Finau playing in it? I'll pick him. There you go. I don't have a pick. Um, I saw Rodgers was already teeing it up today. I do have a question for you going back to um, to the Tory Pines um, and the Farmers. Do you Are you cool with that Wednesday through Saturday to avoid the conference championship games? Yeah, I mean, that's the true definition of growing the game right there. I mean, I'm going to watch the conference championship games over golf. So I, I I like the fact that the PGA had a little bit of awareness. I agree with you. I think it was really, really smart. Yeah, and Max just just absolutely tore apart that golf course. Um, seemingly a really tough golf course to play, and he just he owned it. Really good job by him. Yeah, he's he's... If I were a betting man, I, I really do think he's got a major in him. I, I just listening to him on those podcasts, man, he's just so free and easy. He does seem like the fucking guy. And 
again, I really love the fact that athletes put themselves in positions to get better. And, you know, he mentioned, you know, taking that, you know, a little bit of a stigma of it's weak to go to a sports psychologist or get help. And he's, he's gotten rid of that and it's helped his game grow tremendously. And he seems like he's in a good place. And we know you have to be when you're, when it's nut crunching time at, at one of these major tournaments. No doubt about it, man. Um, I'm glad you're getting into golf. Should be a lot of fun. Um, it is 14 days from when that thing comes out on Netflix. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I know you are. Um, and listen, like I said, I mean, you you reluctantly but committed very hard to college football, and you gave a lot of great insight. You were not fighting me like in years past about, all right, let's make this fast. I don't want to talk about this. Yep. You knew your players. No, I'm you in. Knew, you knew your conferences. You you were talking about, you know, offenses that certain teams were running. You were watching late. Maybe the gambling helped play a little bit of a For role sure. in that, but in either event, um, you brought it, so I have to do the same uh, for the PGA. And to be quite honest with you, man, it's I've said this every time we've talked golf. Prior to live with live, and now you know post live, it's. I think that there are so many awesome personalities on tour, and who play this sport that care about this sport. I, I, it's hard to not get invested with these players. No doubt, no doubt. And I, and I have to say about the college football thing I was thinking about today, I really like that I can, you know, I, I don't have to plant my flag on USC. I'm just going to go through the recruitment process every every couple of years um, and through the transfer portal and whichever quarterback bats his eyes at me the right way and, and gets me going and gets me a little hot and bothered, I'm going to plant my flag there. You know, I'm a USC guy for now, but I'm moving on to Tennessee. They've right. tampered, and, and it's worked. Um, and, and most of <laughs> all, I can I can still root for my Johnnies without feeling like I got a million college teams that I got a, that I have, like a, like a Will Smith, like a U or a Will Smith, where oh, Alabama, and then UConn, and then this. Now it's just, you know, I'm a St. John's fan, first and foremost, and I'm always going to be because they're always going to break my heart. And then right. college football, it's like I don't really give a fuck about it, but I do enjoy watching it, and I'm going to plant my flag with my guys. You are benefiting from the fact that St. John's doesn't have a football team, so well, of course you don't have. It's not like you would begrudgingly take them. Like I'm sorry, I'm not rooting and investing in UConn football. Not doing it. Um, but yeah, like I think for you, you, you're more of a casual fan of the sport anyway. I have my team, and I love the sport. So I think you should have the ability to next. I think NIL needs to play a role here. Uh, and and you've got to sell yourself a little bit and, and get some money going for this pod. I, I think that, like I said, we have this national signing day for you. You commit to your team. Uh, maybe there's a, a local dealership that did a much better <laughs> job with you outside of the ones that yeah. were trying to nickel and dime and fuck you over. And, you, you know, you agree with them and you sign a contract and all of a sudden, you know, it becomes a real thing in the podcast universe. I'm here for it. I'd be willing to listen to Yonkers Autumn I mean, they did. They didn't do me dirty. So <laughs> if they want to talk about an NIL deal, and and there's a few things you know that I do want. Do I want us to get a club deal, a golf club deal soon? Yeah, that would be great. I mean, outside of being paid, honestly, and I tell people this all the time, outside of making this a full time gig, the next best thing for me would be getting free golf clubs and free golf balls and whatnot. That that's just a dream. I would live by proxy 
for you for Well, that. no, you'd have um, to get clubs, you'd have to get fitted, and we'd have to we'd have to get you into the game. I'll tell you what, I would I would be happy with an apparel company because I do, as I've told you, I love wearing golf gear. Like I love wearing the the pullovers. I have you know all the hats I own are like Travis Matthew and Under Armour Golf. Um, so I would love to be officially branded and and rock that you know heading into work with a nice quarter zip yeah well uh, sign me up that goes out to all golf companies out there we're not biased uh slide into the twitter dms if you want at sorry sports um any company really uh we're will 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 rep you and say you have the greatest clubs ever oh 100 percent, 100 percent. tom schmoo is in already it's this I'm is trying. this is right on brand no, this trying. is right on brand oh i love <laughs> people know who you are Yes. Um, anything else going on besides the cold? No, man, but the cold sucked. Um, worked, ended up having to work from home for two days, and I was like halfway done with some with some work. I actually did have to do some work, and my uh, cable and Wi-Fi went out. So that Oof. was yesterday late morning. Um, so I did go back into work today. But, yeah, man, it's Texas. It's not as bad as it was two years ago, but people don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's it's a goddamn disaster down here. Uh, whenever there's a little bit of freezing rain, um, everybody so in Texas like to act like they're so fucking tough. No, they act like pussies. Yeah, that's what they act like. You know it's, who's they tough? Don't act tough at all. You know who's tough? An Eskimo. They're tough. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. But that's the funny thing is like I I laughed because straight up I I wasn't supposed to go into work till noon on Tuesday, and I get a text from my boss at like nine, and it was like the, my two coworkers who were already on site. She was like, you guys go home at 12. Uh, Sean, don't worry about coming in today or tomorrow. And I literally just laughed out loud because if you told me on January 31st, it would be 32 degrees and a little bit of ice. I would be like, you know, that's actually a really nice day. And you just can't take that mindset out of me, man. It doesn't matter how long I'm here. Like I would drive through a blizzard to get from Reading or Bethel to Stamford, Connecticut on the Merritt Parkway in route seven. And just my boss would be like, yeah, just drive safe. I guess nobody would bat an eye. There was no option. There was no, Oh, maybe it's too dangerous. So, I, it's not, but I will say here I'm more worried about the idiots on the road because at least up there people would also be prepared and roads would be taken care of and whatnot. Here it's like I could be doing everything fine and somebody doesn't know how to make the turn on a little bit of ice and I'm, I get fucked up. Yeah, no, it's good to stay off the roads, and that's that's what I always say is I'm not worried about me driving. I'm worried about everybody else driving. Exactly. So that's basically been it. What's been going on with you since we last talked? Not much, just a lot of work. Um, work's yeah, been nuts. Aside from that, well, actually, I did play golf twice this weekend because it was almost in the 50s up here. Um, so I played Saturday and Sunday. Michaela was working. So um, got two rounds of golf in. Um, first round, I, I played okay. Second round, I started off triple, triple, triple. Um, but I didn't have any meltdowns. No club slams. No, I want to fucking kill myself. None of Good. that. I'm I am maturing. Maybe you need to uh, see a sports psychologist as well, and you can really like clean that up for good. Yeah, I definitely need to see a sports psychologist for my skins games and my uh, the putting games we play. I think I won four dollars even when I got those three triples. <laughs> so I definitely need to spend that all on a sports psychologist. There you go. I'm sure somebody's looking for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back at some point next week. Um, with Super Bowl predictions, props. 
I guess we'll talk college basketball, a little PGA, and if anything NBA crazy. Trade, trade deadlines Thursday, too. So yeah. Any, any we might have to do, Charles, we might have to do two pods next week. You know I'm game for it. I've got my schedule. I've got my schedule all taken care of. So I'm I'm riding with whatever you can do, man. I think that if we could do one early in the week and then we do a trade deadline analysis, we would be rocking and rolling. But no promises. Yeah, we might have to. We might have to do a uh, Super Bowl only pod where we talk props and all that good stuff once they put those out and we make our predictions. And then later in the week. Um, maybe we could throw a little college basketball in there towards the end too. And then later in the week, we'll just talk NBA and PGA. You know, I like that. Um, everybody, this is what you get. You get us brainstorming on the mic. So <laughs> let's see, uh, let's see what y'all get in a, in a week. But Tom, that would be great. But it was good talking to you today. Yes, sir. Uh, everybody remember to follow us on Twitter at sorry sports, um, and enjoy your weekend, Sean. Stay warm. I hope. I hope the um, warmer days are to come. Uh, be safe out there. Sixty-five by Sunday. We're good. Very nice. The the cold weather must be traveling up north because I think it's supposed to be in the twenties. Oh fuck that! No golf for you. No golf for me. But everybody enjoy. Take care, everybody.